Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Let's go places. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girlbomb. Girlbomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girlbomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self-care. So to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, including your stories. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. Again, go to OurAmericanStories.com. As far as animators and visionaries go, Walt Disney is probably the most recognizable name in that space. But to kids who grew up in the late 90s or early 2000s, some of the members of this staff, another name brings back a flood of memories. Butch Hartman created two of the most well-known cartoons of the last two decades, Fairly Odd Parents and Danny Phantom. Here's Butch to tell us his story and how he went from the snowy shores of Michigan 
to the sunny coast of Southern California. One of my very first memories, I remember I was in a, a kindergarten and our teacher, I'll never forget her name was Mrs. Shelley. And Mrs. Shelley asked all the students to uh, draw a picture of her. And I thought, okay, well, I was like a kid. I drew a picture of her and just forgot about it. And then she started uh, making a huge deal out of my picture. Oh my gosh, this is the best picture I've ever seen. And, you know, she was raving about it and basically humiliated all the other kids, I think. But she's like, I'm putting this up on the wall. This is just amazing. And she put my picture up on the wall. I'll never forget. And I thought, wow, drawing is a real great way to get attention from adults. <laughs> so... I thought if I could just keep drawing and get attention from adults, because you're a kid, right? You want all the attention. So I thought, I just thought, I'm just going to keep drawing stuff. So I just started drawing and drawing. And before I knew it, I really liked it. And I really realized that I had kind of a, maybe a little bit of a skill for it. Um, and just started training myself and growing up. And I loved Saturday morning cartoons. A lot of us today, maybe some of the older folks remember Saturday morning cartoons. But when I was a kid, the only place you could get cartoons was on Saturday morning for the most part and so I would get up and have my big bowl of tricks or whatever sugary cereal I could get and watch cartoons from 6 in the morning till 11 in the morning and then go outside and play and uh, you know I watched some of my, some of my favorites back then were the Wacky Races by Hanna-Barbera Scooby-Doo again by Hanna-Barbera Hanna-Barbera pretty much owned Saturday morning the Jetsons and the Flintstones and Johnny Quest Johnny Quest was one of my favorites never realizing later on in life I'd be I'd end up working for Hanna-Barbera years later but yeah those cartoons really influenced me then of course Disney I'd watch the wonderful world of Disney on Sunday nights and uh, loved movies like Star Wars and things like that and just really got a real fantasy mindset and a drawing mindset and then I just I kept drawing the whole time too I wanted to draw superheroes and animate I did that up until uh, I did all through high school, all through school. I drew the cover of the, you know, the school yearbook and things like that. And I ended up meeting a couple guys that didn't go to my school. I met him through another friend. So these other two guys I met, they were a little older than me and they were animation nerds like me, but they were better than I was. And uh, one guy was, the oldest guy was particularly great. He was a senior. I was a, a sophomore. And this older guy was going to a school out in California. And I'm in Michigan, remember. I'm snowed in. He's going to this magical school in California. It was called California Institute of the Arts. And it was founded by Walt Disney. And it was the only one of the only schools in America at the time that taught character animation. And so I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. How can I get there? He goes, well, you got to practice. So for the next two years, my older friend went to CalArts first. Then my second oldest friend went to CalArts after him. By the time I was a senior in high school, I was actually sending these guys drawings through the mail. And they would kind of grade my drawings and send them back to me through the mail again. Like, yeah, this is what we're looking for here. Here's what the school really wants to see. I'd go to the Detroit Zoo in the dead of winter because it was free to get in the zoo. And I would life draw. I'd draw the animals with my sketch pad and stand there, you know, fr freezing cold in my coat, drawing the tigers and the gorillas and stuff. It's interesting, when I um, applied to CalArts, again, I'm a kid in Michigan, and no one in my family had ever even been to California, let alone lived there. And I wanted to go to California and not just live there, but make a living there and, uh, you know, work in the animation industry. And my dad was an auto worker. My dad was a, <laughs> my dad was a Detroit auto worker. He's like, he was very supportive, but I had no idea how to support me in this other than, hey, I'll support you and I'll help you get financial aid and we'll go to the school and all that stuff. So I was able to do that. And I really want, I wanted to go to California ever since I was a kid. I remember watching the show Adam 12. This really dates me, but I was <laughs> watching the show Adam 12. I'd be sitting in Michigan in the snow watching these cops in California in the sun with palm trees going, how do I get there? How do I get to that place? And um, I think I was dreaming of California uh, as a kid. 
So I get to CalArts, and uh, I was probably one of the best artists in my little town in Michigan. I ended up moving to a town in Michigan called uh, New Baltimore. So I was in New Baltimore. I was probably the best artist in town that I knew of anyway. I get to CalArts. It was almost like going to the major leagues of baseball. Everybody was amazing. Like I got there thinking I could draw, that I was hot stuff, and the people surrounding me were just amazing. And you, I had a decision to make. Either I up my game and get better and compete with these people, or I go home. I was like, okay, I'm gonna keep going. And I'm, I realize I'm not gonna be as good as these people doing what they do, but I'm gonna get good at what I do. You know, I just started enhancing my skills, just started practicing more and getting better. And I was surrounded, the cool thing was I was surrounded by a bunch of amazingly talented artists and creative people. And this is back in the 80s. I got to Cal Arts in 1983. So all the people I went to college with ended up going into the animation industry and the entertainment industry and actually running the industry. We all ended up getting shows and movies and things that, that started to influence the way the culture was going. Little did we know at the time. Don Bluth was pretty big back in the 80s. He, had, he was an animator who had left Disney and started his own animation company. He did a movie called The Secret of Nim. He did one of the very first animated video games called Dragon's Lair. And he did Space Ace. That was another video game. And uh, he did a bunch of other great animated stuff. And they thought he was going to be the next Walt Disney. He was hired to produce American Tale, uh, which was produced by Steven Spielberg. And one of my very first animation jobs ever, I was at school up in Valencia, California. And a friend of mine says, hey, you know, I hear they're looking for in-betweeners on this movie called American Tale. And an in-betweener, real quick lesson, in animation, you have someone who does the first pose and the last pose. That's the animator. And the in-betweener puts all the poses in between those poses. That's how it was traditionally done for many, many years. Basically, the in-betweener is kind of the lower level animator in training. And so we're like, okay, basically let's go take an animation test. And you're listening to Butch Hartman tell his story, learning early that the gift of drawing drew attention from the adults. And pretty soon, well, a childhood dream was about to happen. He also learned he was walking straight into the major leagues and needed to step up his game, which he was more than willing to do. When we come back, more of Butch Hartman's story here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bare Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, Feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. And we're back with Butch Hartman's story here on Our American Stories and his journey to fulfilling his dream of being an animator in Hollywood. When we last left off, Hartman was studying animation at the California Institute of the Arts. He and some friends were headed to the studio of animation giant Don Bluth to audition to be in-betweeners or low-level animators for Bluth and Steven Spielberg's 1986 classic, American Tale. Back to Butch. And so we all drove down to Don Blue Studios in Van Nuys, California. And this lady said, uh, you guys here for the test? We're like, yep. She gives us a folder, and there's two drawings in my folder. There's the first pose and the last pose. All right, just put the in-betweens in. We'll see you tomorrow. And my friends and I all got folders, and we all went back to school and worked our butts off all night. We got up early in the morning and said, okay, let's go back down there. So we drove down there, and we handed our tests in 
And then we wait for like 10 minutes. She comes out. Okay, uh, here's a scene for you. Here's a scene. And she basically comes out with animation scenes for us. And they hired us to be um, in-betweeners on American Tale. And so I got to, that was my first real animation job. And uh, I didn't get credit on the film because I didn't do enough footage to get credit. I did like, I think you had to do like 100 feet to get credit. I did like 90 feet of film to get, <laughs> that's all I did. I did like five scenes in American Tale. But uh, it was a great experience. I really enjoyed it. I never graduated CalArts, actually. Uh, I went three years, and it was a very expensive school, and I couldn't afford my fourth year. I could barely afford my first three years. Got out of school, left after my third year, and began looking for a job in the industry. And uh, my first job I landed was at Marvel Productions in um, Van Nuys. The, Marvel had just opened an animation studio here in the 80s, and it was in Van Nuys. And I... Um, got a job at Marvel Productions, and I thought, boy, this is going to be great. I'm going to get to draw Spider-Man and Captain America and the Hulk. It's going to be so cool. And my first job was on the original production of My Little Pony. <laughs> so I'm working on My Little Pony. And this was the really bad My Little Pony that came out in the 80s. It was based on the toys. And I couldn't draw the ponies well enough. And what they did, they hired me to be a character designer. And uh, that's basically like a... You're basically drawing the actors in the cartoon. But then they put me on storyboards, which I'd never done for anyone else but myself before. And I'm like, okay, I can do this, but it was a much harder, much more involved job. But I ended up getting fired off that job, uh, off of My Little Pony. It stuck with me for years I, that I, I would never allow myself to get fired again. I would be able to do any job that anybody threw at me. I found another job at a company called Ruby Spears Productions, and they're the guys who created Scooby-Doo for Hanna-Barbera. They opened up their own animation studio, and they were doing shows in the 70s, and I got hired there in 1986 to work on a show called Punky Brewster. It was the animated version of Punky Brewster, and then the animated Police Academy series and all this stuff, so I started working there. And uh, during that time, I started practicing storyboards and background design and painting and all this other stuff just to make myself a better artist, a more valuable artist. And the one thing I really started practicing more was writing. I wanted to be a writer as well. And a lot of artists, they start off as people who draw, but they don't realize that they can write as well. I started writing. I would write on my own. I would write scripts on my own. I would write, you know, little things on my own. Nobody would ever read them because <laughs> I was just for me. But eventually I started walking by the writer's room and they would say, hey, you got any ideas for this uh, for this joke? And I'd say, what's the, what's going on? They would tell me the story. I'd say, okay, you could do this. It'd be funny if the dog did this or the cat did this. And it is funny. And they would put that in. So I kind of became like a gag writer at um, Ruby Spears Productions. And then um, I started working at uh, Hanna-Barbera, which became Cartoon Network because Ted Turner bought it and turned it into Cartoon Network. I started working there as an artist. But then I was also doing storyboards and I began writing on um, some other shows. And I was just drawing on those shows. But then an opportunity came up. A guy named Fred Seibert uh, was hired to run Hanna-Barbera, which was now Cartoon Network. And he offered everybody in the studio the chance to pitch their own show. And I thought, wow, this is cool. Uh, but I'm not going to do it. I was terrified. But a friend of mine said, no, nah, come on, let's do it. So I helped him pitch his show and it got sold. And then uh, I thought, this is kind of fun, so let's come up with another idea. I'd always been a guy who worked on other people's ideas, but never really worked on my own idea. And uh, I'm like, I've really got to start coming up with ideas. So I really started applying myself to working on my own ideas, you know, characters and stories and that type of stuff. And that was in the 90s at Hanna-Barbera. 
And so I worked on that. I ended up becoming a director and a writer on the Johnny Bravo show. Dexter's Laboratory as a writer and a storyboard artist. Cow and Chicken it was another show as a writer and an artist. And I did a lot of stuff in Hanna-Barbera. And I worked with a guy named Seth McFarlane, who was a young kid out of Rhode Island. He came to Hanna-Barbera. And we, he and I worked together as writers on Johnny Bravo. He ended up selling a show called Family Guy uh, to Fox. It was called Larry and Steve at first. And then he sold it to Fox. And he wanted me to come over there and work with him. But uh, right as he sold his show, I ended up selling a little show called The Fairly Odd Parents to Nickelodeon, and that's kind of where my Nickelodeon journey began. Great opportunities are very rare. Uh, they're like comets. I always say it's like Haley's Comet. Like, you, you know, it's really beautiful, it's really awesome, but you're not going to see it again for a while. So you better seize it while it's, <laughs> while it's here. And I realized this is an opportunity. I've got to try this, you know, sink or swim. I got to try this. And so seizing those opportunities, you know, my first cartoons that I sold weren't that great. They were fine. Certain aspects of them were okay. Maybe the characters are really good in this because I was a character designer, but the timing was bad. So I'm going to time this myself. I'm going to, the animation timing, I'm going to write this dialogue myself. It's like, I'm going to start doing this stuff myself. So I know it'll be what I want it to be at the end. When I pitched Fairly Odd Parents, I was about to get fired from, uh, again, another firing was coming up. I wouldn't say it was a firing, though. I was getting laid off because Johnny Bravo was ending. I was working on Johnny Bravo, and it was ending. And at this point, this is 1997. At this point, I already had one daughter. I was married for five years and had another daughter on the way. And it's like, well, I need a job. But I really got tired of looking for jobs. I think everybody out there gets tired of looking for jobs. I, I was just tired of, you know, always having a job end and go to another one. That's how it kind of works in animation. So I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make my own show. And Fred Seibert, who had left uh, Hanna-Barbera, had gone to Nickelodeon. And he was starting up a show called the Oh Yeah Cartoon Show. And the Oh Yeah Cartoon Show was basically a show, if you watched it, you'd watch a half-hour show. And you'd see three seven-minute cartoons during that half an hour. And each cartoon was made by a different person. He said, I have one slot left. Do you have any ideas? And I said, yep, I got an idea. I see you, I'll see you Friday. And I hung up the phone. I had nothing. <laughs> this was like Tuesday. And I was like, I, I need a job. So I sat down and said, I'm going to come up with an idea that I love, that I could work on for 20 years. Just kind of said that in my head. And uh, I drew a little boy named uh, Timmy. I, I drew this little boy because, I, I, you know, you always write what you know. I, I was a little boy once. So I thought, okay, little boy. Uh, he can go anywhere he wants. And I thought maybe he could do that with science. That'd be funny. He's a science kid. But then Dexter's Laboratory was already a show. I knew I couldn't do a science kid. And I always tell people, make sure you do your homework. Don't come into a company with a show idea that they already have. Come up with a different idea. So I thought, how about magic? That's kind of fun. Maybe he's a magic kid. And uh, maybe he's got magic friends. And so I came up with these two fairy godparents, Cosmo and Wanda. Venus was her name originally, but I changed it to Wanda. And uh, Seinfeld had just revealed uh, Kramer's name as Cosmo on the Seinfeld show. So, uh, Cosmo's a funny name, so I named him Cosmo and Wanda, and they're his fairy godparents. And so I was under contract to pitch that to Hanna-Barbera, so I pitched it, and they turned it down. Cartoon Network turned it down. And so I ended up going to Nickelodeon with Fred Cyber, and I said, hey, I got this idea called The Fairly Odd Parents. He goes, great, let's do it. So that became part of the Oh Yeah Cartoon Show. It was one pilot episode, seven minutes long. And uh, we did it. And um, Nickelodeon liked it so much, they gave me like four more, and I did four more. Then they liked it so much, they gave me six more, I did six more, pretty much by myself. I had like maybe two or three people helping me. And then they focus tested those several episodes I did, and they did really well. It, did, it wasn't a hit at first. I mean, we they only gave me six half hours at the beginning. That took us about a year and a half. And then um, Nickelodeon wasn't picking it up. They were like, yeah, okay, cool, thanks, we'll start airing these, you know, good luck, we'll see what happens. 
And I'm like, all right. So I was actually formulating in my head, I've got to go get another job. I've got to go get another gig. And they picked up the show in uh, 2000. And I love Nickelodeon, don't get me wrong, but they had, they had not picked up the show. So they're like, oh, we need more episodes of Fairly Odd Parents. I'm like, great, I'm happy to do them. We premiered the show March 30th of 2001. And the show really took off like a rocket ship. It, it did fantastic. And uh, we're like, whoa, this is, this is so cool. And you're listening to Butch Hartman, and he's walking us through, well, what life is like when you just go out and you try something and you give it your best. But Butch Hartman's story, well, it continues. And when we come back, we'll hear the rest of his story here on Our American Story. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bear Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. 
Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. And we're back with Our American Stories and with the story of Fairly Odd Parents creator, Butch Hartman. When we last left off, Nickelodeon had just picked up the first season of Fairly Odd Parents, a show that would go on to run for 10 seasons, 172 episodes, inspire numerous movies and video games, and include voice talent such as Jay Leno, Adam West, Jackie Mason, Gene Simmons, and even Olympic figure skater and gold medalist Scott Hamilton. Back to Butch on creating the show. You know, it says in the Bible, to whom much is given, much is required. (laughs) It's in the book of Luke. And I'm like, all right, to whom much is given, much is required. I got to be the first one in and the last one out every day. I got to set an example. Because again, like I said, this is an opportunity. I am not going to let this slip by without giving it 1000%. Because I was at uh, Nickelodeon, I was watching people and they'd get a show. They'd, They'd have a show picked up. The network believes in them. They're getting paid to make their show. And they would never work hard on it. They would like maybe take a long lunch every day. They would, it was almost like the tortoise and the hare. They would wait till the end of the race to finally try and catch up. And by the end, their their show wasn't that good because they didn't pay a lot of attention to it. And I would see opportunities get missed. Like these guys, they would think it was easy. Well, I sold one show, I'll just sell another one. And it really isn't that easy. It's very tricky in Hollywood to sell anything. So I would watch these guys like kind of not pay attention. And I'd be going, well, I'm going to, do the exact opposite of what they're doing. I'm going to make sure I spend every waking moment on this show. And my wife understood. I said, look, this is our big opportunity. I've got to be there during the day as much as I can. And at night, I would come home. I'd play with my daughters. I'd come home about 7 o'clock at night, and I'd play for, with them for two hours. They'd go to bed, and I'd go back up to my office at home, and I would work again till like 2 in the morning, and then get up at like 6 and repeat the process all over again every day. I sold Fairly Odd Parents, and I was in pretty good with the people at Nickelodeon who'd picked it up because the show was a hit. So I knew they liked me. I'm like, wow, I could probably get them to maybe do another show if I play my cards right, but I just got to come up with the right idea. I thought, you know what? I just need a boy. I, I, I knew they were looking for a boys' action show. And I thought, man, this is, this is awesome because I love comic books. I love. And one of my favorite shows was Johnny Quest back in the day. What a great name, Johnny Quest. If I can come up with a cool name. I mean, just the coolest name of all time, like like Billy Dynamite or whatever. Like I, I was trying to think of cool words that were cool, like dynamite, power, thunder, lightning. And somehow I ended up on the word phantom. I thought Danny Phantom, that's a cool name, man. What could that kid do? So I was going to actually make him like a, a Scooby-Doo type thing where he's got a bunch of friends and he's got a pet owl and they fight ghosts with weapons, you know. But then I thought, no, let's make him a superhero. Let's make him like a, he's a he's a half ghost kid. He can like go through walls and disappear. And and then the execs at Nickelodeon about six months later took me out to dinner because Fairly Odd Parents was doing really well. And this is one of those Hollywood stories everybody dreams about, and it's kind of cool that it happened. But we're sitting there at dinner, and these guys are like, "Hey, man, we love Fairly Odd Parents. We'd love to uh, pick up more." And I thought, "Great, that's awesome." And uh, so I was like, hey, here's some more episodes. Great. And it's like, do you have anything else? And I thought, wow. Uh, there, again, there's another opportunity. 
What do you do when a Hollywood executive says, do you have anything else? Even if you have nothing else, you say yes. Like, yes, I do. <laughs> so I do have this one thing. It's different than Fairly Odd Parents, but it's a boys action show. It's called Danny Phantom. He goes, oh my gosh, that's great. Can you have it done in three months? And I went, whoa. Uh, of course, I said, sure. <laughs> Why not? So when I left that dinner, I had more Fairly Odd Parents and a brand new show called Danny Phantom. And I really hadn't really thought much about it. I came to work the next day, I announced to my crew, we got more Fairly Odd Parents. Everybody's cheering because they get more employment. And then um, I, I said, and we have a brand new show called Danny Phantom. I'm like, what? And uh, I'm going to pull some of you off of Fairly Odd Parents to work on Danny Phantom too. My work has been doubled. I have two recording sessions a week. I have two writing meetings, two editing sessions, two storyboard pitches. I Everything doubled suddenly, but I was so down for it and so into it. I, it didn't even seem like work to me. It was so much fun. And I mainly just said this to myself and I, you know, I, you know, I, I pray a lot and I said, God, you know what? You gave me this opportunity. I know you're going to make time for me to do this. I, I, you know that I'm diligent. You know, I'm not going to let it, sh I'm not going to shirk my duty here. I'm not going to let this slide. I had to be a good steward over this. Danny Phantom premiered as a series in 2004 and uh, Fairly Odd Parents ran uh, all the way from 2001 to 2018. It ran for 17 years. And so during the, the Fairly, I call it the Fairly Odd Parents train, uh, other shows would kind of hop on and hop off. Danny Phantom hopped on from 2004 to 2007. And then from 2010, 2013, my third show, Tough Puppy, hopped on. And I, 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 I always wanted to do a comedy uh, kind of a, a crime fighting show and that's where tough puppy came from I, I wanted to do get smart with a dog and so <laughs> tough puppy came around and that was one of the funniest shows I ever got to work on uh, I, I went in and pitched uh, four shows that day tough puppy was kind of off to the side I didn't even think it had a chance I kind of put it off to the back of the room I had these other great ideas I'm up there pitching these four ideas and these execs were looking at me like American Idol like three people sitting there just deadpan faces weren't into anything I was selling but then they were like, what's that one over there? And I said, oh, that one's about get smart with a dog. And they were like, oh, that's great. I love it. Uh, do you have any more on that? And I, of course, said, yes, I do. And I ran up to my office and made up the whole Tough Puppy show in about two hours. <laughs> and uh, I said, here's what it is. And it's uh, about a, a gang of good animals to find a gang of bad animals in a whole city called Petropolis where only animals live. Pitch Tough Puppy. Uh, they loved it. We made it into a series. It lasted for three seasons. My last show, I did at Nickelodeon. Tough Puppy was over. I was still doing Fairly Odd Parents, and uh, I pitched one more show, and it was called Bunsen is a Beast. And I don't know where I came up with that name. I just thought it was a fun name because uh, I'm always sitting there with a sketch pad, always writing down ideas. And for some reason, Bunsen, I wrote it down. Bunsen is a Beast. That's really funny. So that show is about a kid named Mikey who's trying to get through school without getting murdered, and then uh, Bunsen is this little beast he's the first beast to ever go to a human school and uh he doesn't want to scare anybody it's you know it's it's beasts uh, can can beasts interact with humans and he goes to school he's this cute little beast cute as can be and him and mikey form a friendship and um there's this evil girl in the school named amanda kilman who hates bunsen and wants to wants to destroy him and so it's always mikey and uh, uh bunsen against amanda But around 2018, I said, you know what? It's kind of, it's, it's time to go. I think it's time to get, I was, I was 20 years at that time. 98, I got there. Uh, 97, I sold Fairly Odd Parents in December of 97 and then started working there in 98. So in 2018, I've been there for 20 years and I still loved my job. I still love Nickelodeon. I was always treated well there. They were just great to me. I have nothing ever bad to say about that place. But um, 
Fairly Odd Parents was done. And so I thought, you know what? I, I think it's time to go for now. And maybe we'll come back or something. I just kind of started doing my own stuff. I started going into YouTube and doing some streaming stuff. I, I look at it in terms of uh, who have I been able to influence? I, I go like, were, were my shows an influence to people in a positive way? You know, did I make them laugh? Did I maybe help them through a hard day? Did I get them through a hard test at school? And did I give them maybe a line to quote later on to their own kids? You know, I used to love to quote movie lines all the time. I would drive people insane. I would just quote movies from beginning to end. And I thought, is there any kid out there like me that wants to quote movie lines or cartoon lines? And I'm hoping I'm giving them a little bit of that. And listen, I look at it as a huge responsibility because we all influence somebody. Every one of us out there has a circle of influence around us that we probably don't even realize. So your attitude, your, your projects, your, the things you're putting out there will influence somebody in some way, whether, whether positive or negative. So it's up to you to realize, uh, to, to figure out which way you want to go. So hopefully I've gone the good way. And a great job on that piece, as always, by Robbie. And a special thanks to Butch Hartman for just bearing his life story to us. And what a story of creativity, matching and meeting commerce. And from all that, artists can do whatever they want. And they can take something to somebody, and if that somebody says no, they take it to somebody else. Butch Hartman's story, and my goodness, Fairly Odd Parents, Danny Phantom, Tough Puppy. And I just love the story of that pitch. He made it up on the spot. And sometimes we do that in our lives. We just have to improvise. Butch Hartman's story here on Our American Stories. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there, way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals, and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 